From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be around the world. Pastor Mike Douglas here. Welcome to Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Uh, great program tonight, uh, Elaine, and, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, friends not exactly new to ABC, but new to those of you on Lighthouse Live, and we're going to be introducing you to them in just a few minutes. Uh, one of the great gems that we have uh, here in Stanislaus County is a meeting that occurs uh, twice a month normally mm-hmm. called PACT, and we're going to unpack PACT yes. for you in a, <laughs> a couple of minutes, though. Uh, first, let's uh, take a look at our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find that it's true? Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with a stunning challenge to pray for people you don't know in situations you can't imagine, in countries you'll never visit. In Hebrews 13.3, we are called to remember those in prison as if you were their fellow prisoners, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. So, how do you obey this command if you don't know anyone in prison? Easy. Right now, around the world, there are thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands, of believers who are in jail for their faith. Many are being starved, beaten, or tortured at this exact moment. These Jesus freaks need and deserve your prayer. Let's pray for them. How do you respond to the voice of the martyrs? Go online to persecution.com. And back with you live here on Lighthouse Live. And just a reminder to pray for the brothers and sisters around the world. And then an amazing thing, just for owning a Bible. Uh, just uh, incredible. So uh, we need to take the opportunity to be thankful for the freedoms that we have while we have them. Uh, just a, a reminder, you know, friends, um, as our volunteers go out and, and meet the needs of a variety of different people, I mean, everything from giving rides to uh, kidney dialysis appointments to building wheelchair ramps to fixing holes in walls to uh, yard maintenance for uh, <clears throat> the elderly and, uh, and the disabled, well, uh, once in a while we get a thank you note, and that's not what it's all about. But it is nice to get once in a while you get a, a thank you. And uh, I want to read this one to you uh, because uh, it's just precious. It's advancing vibrant communities. What a wonderful real example of caring for the flock you are. Kim and I want to sincerely and earnestly thank you for your group's hard-working crew helping our home in Turlock, led by John Engel. That's, of course, John the Energizer yes. Bunny uh, Engel. 
We've been on the other end of giving in the past, and it's been humbling but very gratifying to be receiving the caring and thoughtful giving of your organization. We'd be honored and pleased if you would accept this small gift of support from us. And by the way, it was not a small gift. It was a wonderful blessing to us. Uh, We're confident you will continue and go forward helping to build and repair our communities here on this earth and at the same time be honored and blessed by your good works. Uh, So Lynn and Kim. Uh, thank you very much. Again, friends, you're listening to Lighthouse Live. Pastor Mike Douglas with you, along with Elaine Harlan, our producer and co-host, and, of course, our prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl L. Ramsey with us as well. And speaking of serving. Yes, we do have opportunities to serve through the Volunteer Center of the United Way's Lend a Hand list. Do you know election time is almost upon us? Statewide direct primary election on Tuesday, June 8th. Does that mean we can get back to regular TV now? Well, never mind. What is regular TV? You know, that we could do a whole show on that. Maybe we we should. Maybe we should. I think we did something like that in the past. Volunteers ages 18 years and older are needed to serve as election officers, bilingual election officers, and on-call election officers from 6 a.m. I know that's early for some of us, to 9.30 p.m. on Election Day. Election officers help to set up the voter precinct, uh, maintain security of the ballots and voting equipment, and kind of help the voters as necessary. A $95 stipend is offered for the volunteers' time and commitment which includes a mandatory three- to four-hour training class, and that's offered beginning today, actually, through May 22nd in Modesto, Oakdale, and in Turlock. Training will provide an excellent overview of the Election Day process, as well as hands-on equipment training to ensure proper setup and operation of all of the equipment. Have, have you seen the, the uh, machines for the handicapped in operation? Amazing stuff. They, they are absolutely, have you guys seen any of those in offer? Amazing. You ought to go in and just, you know, well, I guess you can't the day of ask for a demonstration, but. Why not? Uh, you might. I mean, if it's slow, I mean, it's a sad thing. Last, past couple of times I've been in yeah. to vote, there's like Some nobody in there. Exactly. You know, you could throw a bowling ball down the, uh, the room that there might and hit, <laughs> hit nobody, you know. But, uh, anyway, it's fascinating to see the technology that's, mm-hmm. that's used to make sure that everyone has the opportunity to vote. Absolutely. So. But this one might be a, a really good thing to volunteer to do. Absolutely. Interested individuals must be registered voters in California, and you must also attend the training. Volunteer applications are available online also. The American Red Cross, where you can support the community by helping to staff first aid stations at all the public events, or many of them anyway. American Red Cross trained volunteers are the premier providers of first aid services for thousands of people who attend public events, including company picnics, Concerts, fairs, which will be starting up all over the place just uh, very soon. Fundraisers, golf tournaments. uh, The booths are usually held Saturdays throughout the year and flexible scheduling available there, too. A two-hour volunteer orientation session scheduled Saturday, June 5th from 9 to 11 uh, in Modesto and an additional on-the-job training provided as well. Volunteers must be 14 years of age or older, complete application and training, uh, CPR and standard first aid course successfully pass a background check and provide own transportation. Bilingual Spanish speakers are also encouraged to volunteer. The ARC provides relief to victims of disaster, helps prevent, prepare for, and respond to emergencies, providing the emergency communication link between military and their families and conducts safety and first aid classes 
for the community. El Concilio Community Center, helping Spanish-speaking adults improve their English language, reading, writing, and conversation skills. English as second language. Volunteer instructors meet with students in small groups at the community center. Classes are available from 5 to uh, 7 p.m. twice weekly and from 9 to 12 p.m. three times a week. Instructional materials are provided and flexible scheduling is available weekdays and evenings. Volunteers should be at least 18 years of age and have command of the English language and some experience teaching ESL classes and appreciate cultural diversity. El Concilio, serving the Latino population, aims to create self-sufficiency through counseling, referrals, education and information, a great way to connect with lots of people. You know, ABC attends our LECC meetings at the El Concilio once a month, and we meet lots of wonderful, wonderful people. And their there. office not too far from us. Not too far I from see me, that often don't on my, ask me on my for walks. directions there. Okay. I Somebody just wander <laughs> aimlessly during the day. Just, but, you know. but that's good. That's very good for you. Just if you have Walking any... aimlessly or walking? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> By the way, going back yeah. to the first aid if thing, you, you know, yeah. It's also worthwhile if you're interested to, because the, the Red Cross can also certify you as an instructor. Yes. And that becomes a very rewarding thing. And, and I gave that up, though. I, I did that about 25 years ago for, <laughs> for police departments. And I was a young kid then. You know, mm-hmm. I was in my, in my 20s, and I was, you know, teaching these seasoned cops how to, you know, refreshers in their first aid. And they decided to, to apply a tourniquet to my neck and leave me there. And... <laughs> I quit doing it after. It's just something just kind of. I, I can't imagine. Yeah, I just uh, something took away from the thrill of We're it after glad that. Glad you made it to this point. Nah, me too. <laughs> if you have any Were you questions trying to go somewhere about, with this? I'm not okay. sure after so, that. Right. If you have any questions about any of this stuff, including the tourniquet, <laughs> call Barbara Borba. She'd be happy to answer. Two zero nine five two four thirteen zero seven. One eight hundred tourniquet. <laughs> There you go. Nice ring to it. Five two thirteen oh seven. Barbara's going. Get the phone number out. Please don't call me. Extension one one three. Again five two four one three zero seven. Extension one one three. Or email her. She probably prefers that. Be Borba at uwaystand.org. She's a great friend, and we're glad that she has. Yeah, you know, there probably is a one eight hundred tourniquet somewhere, and I'm going to get cards and letters probably now. Probably is. From, uh, yeah. Another five hundred one c three. say who's let this. Guy Who would let that guy on the air anyway? <laughs> you know, uh, we put out an all-points bulletin, so to speak, uh, for refrigerators and beds. Seriously, here at Advancing Vibrant Communities. And, and we have people actually posting this stuff on Facebook because we have so many people in our community who have need of these items. But uh, seriously, if you have these household items to donate, please give us a call because we have families who, who seriously need them. And fa- and ABC's on Facebook. And ABC's on Facebook. I used to be. They didn't like my face. So I'm not there anymore. But ABC's <laughs> on Facebook. In addition to household items uh, that we need, there is a senior man in Modesto who needs help with grocery shopping. Hmm. Simple things like this that we can do uh, that make a huge difference in the lives of other people. And you can give us a call to be connected with opportunities like this to serve. 209-544-9571. And that, our friends, is why we're here. And you made it through it. And we made it through that. You know, the tourniquet. You bet. That's good. (laughs) No tourniquets allowed. But you know what? uh, As Mike was saying earlier, twice monthly, uh, a bunch of us get together and are part of what we call the PAC team. 
which is Parole and Community Team. And uh, ABC has been a part of that team since its inception here in Modesto. It's been a few years. Mm. What is it, six, seven? Who's counting? I'm Long not time. sure. Maybe someone around the table knows and can straighten me out. Certainly need that today. But uh, I think our, our listeners have uh, have been hearing us talk about the PAC team, and it's just a wonderful thing that we have here in our community here in Stanislaw County, Modesto, California. And this week, we are blessed to have members from the PAC team never on Lighthouse Live before. And uh, we'll hear about what they bring to uh, the table as resources for encouragement and empowerment. But let's just introduce the team here. We have Ben Andrew Driggs, Briggs, I'm sorry, from Turning Point, the Empowerment Center. And we have uh, Catherine uh, Jones from the Golden Valley Medical Center. Welcome, Catherine. And Joseph Cabral from Celebrate Recovery. We're happy to have Joseph with us. And Marissa Seitz from Child Support. We are just thrilled. Thank you guys all for being here. Welcome to the team. Thank you for having us. Yeah. It's great to have a... Now, Ben, before we go on, I hold in my hand here. Here, let me, let me hold up the microphone so everybody can see it on the very right there. Um, you, you snapped a picture here. And there, there's a, there's this conflagration that, that's happening. It looks like in the middle of a parking lot, carefully supervised by the fire department. And, uh, two, two, uh, eight, two people we know, two uh, suspects from ABC are, are here with fire extinguisher, extinguishers, blades rushing towards this fire. <laughs> You know, and uh, one of them looks suspiciously like Elaine Harlan. Is that, it looks is that like her. I, some, is, that, is that Elaine in that, that picture? Elaine. And the memory only came to me recently where um, I was, um, we were at the PAC meeting, and um, Elaine, I kept thinking, where did I, where have I seen Elaine before? Uh-oh. <laughs> and it was actually the gentleman that was next to her, um, who who is normally at the PAC meetings, um, that right. triggered the memory, and I was going through one of my memory sticks, and I, I was looking at my photos, and I seen it. I said, that's where it was at. And so that, that was in um, October of last uh, year? Yes, October. October. Yeah. And that's uh, Oren Woods, I think, Woods, with, yes. with you there, yes. rushing towards the fire. And, and very yeah. impressive uh, here, here, Elaine. Well, <laughs> did you get the fire out? We was did. It? You did? Yes, Good. we did. Right. We were uh, the CERT program. Well, I'm very impressed. And CERT stands for? The Citizens Emergency Response, response Team. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, great training. That was yeah. Well, thank you. Training. Thank you, Ben, yes. for bringing that. We, we appreciate <laughs> you. All right. Wow. Yeah, all right. Well, we are just Now blessed. we have other pictures. We, we, could, other, we never won't mind. go yeah. to the other pictures. Or we're going to bring out that tourniquet. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> We thank you all for what you bring to the PAC team, and it's the compassion, I think, that draws everybody that shows up to the PAC team. And, of course, reducing the recidivism rate is what uh, I think it, the PAC team is, is comprised of and, and is, is made for. And uh, so we just uh, begin around the table. Ben, Andrew Briggs, we just thank you um, because you had us out recently to Turning Point, the Empowerment Center, to share the ABC mission. And uh, so tell us a little bit about what you guys bring to the people who are just being released from the prison systems and tell us what, what you have. Absolutely. Thank you, Elaine. Um, Turning Point has five values, and I think they're important um, to share them to begin with. And they have to do a lot with what um, parolees would need um, in order to, to succeed. And there are um, independence, caring, hope, respect, and support. Mm-hmm. Um, at the Empowerment Center, our main focus is uh, persons with what we call a lived experience. Um, in the past, it was called a mental health consumer. 
And um, like was brought out at the PAC meeting, it was interesting where the, the meeting was begun, a person had said, who here is for alcohol or drug abuse? And only three people raised their hands. And I thought, well, that's pretty good news because they say that, I don't know, 85% of people that are incarcerated have a alcohol or drug or a mental health issue. So if only three people have the alcohol or drug, the rest must have a mental health issue. So um, what we do basically at the Empowerment Center is provide an opportunity for people with um, these concerns or, or these diagnoses uh, to come in and get support, um, to have opportunities to meet agencies like your own uh, that come in on a regular basis and get exposure to who's doing what in our, our community. Um, we have a lot of fun there, and we serve um, – on a, on a regular basis, um, quite a few people throughout the week. Uh, last week was probably the biggest week I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. uh, it was really, really neat. Really, 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 really neat. <laughs> All right. Well, I keep getting this, this nudge to get closer, and I'm like, want to get back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the uh, one of the uh, things that has struck us, and I think Dr. Jimmy Durrell, who we quoted last week, Elaine, makes this point, that we can learn a lot from the people that yes. we're supposed to be serving and, and maybe bringing something to, but we can learn a tremendous amount from them. What are some of the things, Ben, that, that you've learned from the, the, the folks that walk through your door that are just, you know, having some tough times in life? What, what kinds of things have you learned from them that, that have enriched your life? That's a good question, and I, I need to reflect on that on almost daily basis. Mm -hmm. um, that oftentimes what is brought to the table for me is a reminder of where I come from. Um, you know, not too long ago, I was living underneath the bridge or mm. I was yes. in the parole meeting um, and I was hopeless or I was without direction. And so, um, or I was without a diagnosis and, and didn't know, you know, I thought I had a moral issue and it turns out to be a, a, a chemical issue. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I thought I was spiritually wrong. I thought, um, I thought God was mad at me. Mm -hmm. and, I, and then the more I did, it seemed like the worse it got. So when I, when I interact with our people, with our family, or with our members, uh, I get grateful, and I get reminded on, on a daily basis of what we do and why we do it. Mm. And Turning Point has a, a term that we use, and it says, uh, whatever it takes. And um, I see that on a, on a daily basis with our team there at the Empowerment Center, because uh, we are a team. There are, there are, no, there are no individuals. There are, everything is a team. And we complement each other very well, and we see it yes, in, in yes. Um, the satisfaction of the, of the people we serve. And don't you sense that calling, Ben Andrew, on, on your life? I do. Yes. I, I don't know of any other, um, and I hate to call it a job, but I don't know of <laughs> any other calling um, that could have made more sense of my life than the one that I have found recently. It's just yeah. the, the totality of everything that I've ever experienced um, just gives me the presence of mind and the experience to share that with people who are uh, still where, where they're at. And, meet, and that's part of Turning Points philosophy, too, is that um, we meet them where they're at. Not where we want them to be, not where we want them to go, but yeah. where they're at, so that you know we can identify where, um, where, where, where what their hopes are, what their goals are, and then we can come alongside and help them achieve those goals. That is that is so important. And do, don't you know that when you share the packed meetings, it's so sweet to your presentation because you Thank have you. been there, mm. and you just they resonate with what you share and how you encourage them. And uh, so I, I just enjoy when you do share. Before we go on, let's, let's unpack what PACT means. PACT is Parole and Community Team. And uh, it, it truly is. And it's, it's just uh, the resources around the table are there to 
to encourage them and to empower them in their new their new life. They want the, you know to them to choose and to realize to acknowledge that they do have uh, resources at their fingertips that very day that they're there, and they can choose to make their lives different. You know, times have changed. You look back uh, many, many years ago. I grew up in the, the San Gabriel Valley, Pasadena area. And I, I know when I was growing up, because I, I was talking to, to some of the people, you know, folks would get out of jail and or prison, and they'd put them on a bus headed for El Monte. You know, your El Monte's a couple um, miles out, out east of, of Los Angeles, east of East L.A., and basically, when you get to the end of your, your ride there, you get off the bus and you're on your own. You know, and I, I think what we know is when you've been in the prison culture, you, you need some help. You need a relationship. You need some accountability. Uh, you need some resources. And in, in, in decades past, there was none of that. You know, and so at, at least we're making a run at it now. You know, we're, we're obviously we're not there totally. But I think programs like Turning Point, Ben, are, are, are so important. And, and what impresses me, I was talking to our, our Energizer Bunny, John Engel, a couple of minutes ago. He was talking about a guy, the contractor. He's making a bazillion bucks a month. You know, Well, maybe maybe a gazillion. I mean, it's a bazillion. <laughs> anyway, the guy can't wait to retire. And I can't wait to retire. And I get done with this, and I'm going to enjoy my money. The guy doesn't enjoy what he does every day. And, and, and you have a calling and I can tell you enjoy going to work, yes. and you don't even call it work. No. It's a calling, right? I, it, it is a calling. And, um, you know, if I'm not there 15 minutes early, uh, I'm late. <laughs> <laughs> but to get back to what you're saying, Mike, about um, when a parolee comes back into the community, it's hard to hate a community where you're welcome back to home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really is. And, and so some of the, um, the anger and the frustrations that might have been building up while our, our people were away um, – it, it's it's almost it's very difficult to come back and say you know this community doesn't like me or this community mm-hmm. is the reason that I am the way I am and it's not true as you walk away from a pack meeting they, they are, I mean every time I go I, I walk away with a tear in my eye just because of the presentations and, and the mm-hmm. amount of hope and, it's true, truly inspiring one of the questions that they ask at the meeting also how many in the room have children and almost everyone does everyone. which brings up another issue back child support payments while they've been locked up. And Marissa Seitz is here with us, and she stands up. She just glows and has a beautiful, beautiful smile. Marissa, you stand up, and and people go, oh, child support, and they just kind of cringe. But you truly are there to help them. What do you have to offer them? Absolutely. We, um, What we like to do is we set child support Say if somebody's working before they're incarcerated, mm-hmm. we set child support based on what they were earning previously. Um, when they do become incarcerated, we encourage people to contact our office so that when they don't have the ability to earn um, while they are incarcerated, we can set their child support to zero for that time period. And what we need is we just need the information from them that, hey, you know, I'm going to be going away or, you know, I'm not going to be able to work during this period of time because the fir- our first line of defense to not build up arrears is to modify their order when they go in. And so if people keep in contact with us, we can file the motion to modify their child support so that it's not building up while they are incarcerated. Um, if we haven't been able to do that, if we haven't been able to catch it before they go in or while they're in, when they get out, they have, you know, an large amount of arrearages that they owe, we have, you know, while they were incarcerated, 
tried to collect on that either by suspending their driver's license or by uh, credit reporting or a bunch of other things that can affect them when they get out. And so part of what we like to do is to let people um, at the PACT meeting know, you know, we're here, we want to help you. What we want is we want for you to be able to go back to work because yes. that's the only way that you're going to support your children. So it does no good for us to continue to heap, you know, pressure and pressure and pressure on you because then you don't, you choose not to go back to work mm -hmm. and then nobody is helped. Um, so at the PACT meeting, we also have a license release program where if we have suspended your driver's license while you were incarcerated, um, if you attend the PACT meeting, we give you a coupon. You can come down to our office and we'll go ahead and release your license for you to try to help you go out, look for work and get a job if that's something that you can do. Um, we also have the COPE program, which is a compromise of arrears program, which um, quite a few people at PACT have actually talked about and have um, qualified for. And that's a program that if you have a large or a small amount of arrearages that you owe to the county, mm -hmm. not specifically to the mothers, but to the county of Stanislaus for welfare that was paid out, um, if you qualify for the program, and there's a number of factors, but we encourage you to come in and talk to us about it. If you can make some type of a lump sum payment, we do have a program where we can forgive some of the back child support arrearages. Wow. And so, you know, you have to come in, you need to fill out an application for that. Um, give us some information on what your uh, income is, what your expenses look like, what your assets are. And if you can make some type of a payment, the state would really like to work with you to get those arrearages wiped out so then we can essentially start over. You know, when people will work with you, it's amazing how we find some of the government Absolutely. entities that will work with you as well. And, and you track these things, and I'm just wondering how California fares with other places or if you kind of watch that information or if you... We, if do, you... we do tend to watch that. California actually has a, um, a guideline for child support that's rather high. Mm -hmm. And so we don't tend to do as well in collecting child support as other states. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're trying to rectify that now. I know that our office has an image of kind of the, you know, the bad child support department that mm -hmm. will do all this stuff to you. And what we're trying to get people to understand is that if you come in and if you work with us, if you give us information and you keep us updated, we can help you. There are things that we can do, but we can't do it unless you come in. I would, I would imagine quite a few of those guys breathe a sigh of relief yeah. don't they i mean it's like seeing the red lights in your rearview mirror and the guy coming into your car door and saying i want to help you you know i i would imagine you get some thank yous for that and some sighs of relief we we do get we do have people that come in and they are surprised mm. at the amount of help that we are able to offer them you know and obviously we can't do everything but we can do whatever with is within our power to help with certain things and um you know, I just at the PACT meeting last week, I had someone that I had had in court for a long time, and then he was incarcerated. And I said, you know, sir, don't you don't you want to come over and say hi? Maybe you need your license or something. And he looked a little surprised that I had remembered him. And I said, well, I just, you know, I want to give you the coupon to, to get your license back. And he didn't want to come over, and he didn't want to talk mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. So it just, it does require that reaching out just to our office and having faith that, um, if you reach out, that there will be some help that we can offer. Now, in today's uh, economy, with the job market so impacted, uh, you know what, what 
Do you have any leads for these folks, or uh, how, how, how do they get a hold of jobs coming out of uh, coming out of prison and, and trying to mainstream and, and and get back into life at the same time? Well, it, def- it definitely is difficult. We have um, some programs that we refer people to. Um, Friends Outside is one. Mm-hmm. The sure. Salvation yes, Army. Yes. They have a training program. Mm-hmm. And so, part you know, a lot of what we what we can do is just refer people to programs that they may not know exist. Their training programs, their you know job placement programs, um, things like that. Resources that are available to them. So I think the cool thing that we're talking about at the PAC meetings is that the guy or gal coming out of prison comes to this meeting, and there's a host of resources in the room yes, ready to help, Yes, you know, as opposed to just going cold back onto the street and trying to figure out how to make it all happen. And, uh, you know, of course, the, the, the challenge is you can, you can give everybody all the knowledge that uh, you can, but then they have to pick up that knowledge and use it mm-hmm. and, and take advantage right. of it. So a great thing you're doing. Awesome. Wonderful. And and everyone loves success stories, yes. and we we all have them. And uh, also joining us uh, this evening is Catherine Jones from Golden Valley Medical, and uh, we're also going to hear a wonderful uh, success story from Joseph Cabral. Catherine, uh, you also are right there on the uh, corner with Corner of Hope, and yes. uh, I know that we have been partners in the past, uh, sending donations of blankets and things like that. But you offer some free resources. Uh, very briefly, you can describe where we're going to go into a break, and then we're going to come back on the other side with some more great stories. But uh, what you offer at the PACT meetings as well, if you want to share some on that. Well, we're a health center dedicated, dedicated to helping um, homeless families and also prolees as they return to the community with medical needs. We also assist them in um, connecting with community organizations that help them with other resources that they, you know, that they can be helpful with them to get, gain, like, housing, um, employment, um, food, clothing, and financial aid, transportation, and other such resources. Um, we are part of a um, Golden Valley Health Centers is a private nonprofit health organization. Mm-hmm. Our team of doctors and dentists and other medical professionals are committed to providing quality primary health care services to families in our service area, regardless of language, financial, cultural barriers, or also, as we mentioned, coming out of being incarcerated. And it's uh, free for those yes, who Yes, our services been, are provided yes. free. Uh, so, Catherine, the in, in the morning, what, what keeps you coming? What keeps you coming back to work? <laughs> what stokes your fire about, uh, about being where you are? Knowing that we're helping people yeah. that mm-hmm. need assistance and mm-hmm. hearing the success stories. We have people coming back that are getting jobs and getting medical insurance. And once they do, we direct them to other Golden Valleys where they can you know, gain services with their medical insurance. Mm. So. As you see uh, a lot of people coming out of, out of prison, what, what are some of the major issues from your perspective and the resources that you can provide? What are some of the major issues that you're addressing for them? Um, HIV testing, hepatitis testing, mm. um, mental health services, substance abuse services, mm. and preventive health care services. Mm. Now, the preventive health care so important. Yes. I mean, if we can take care of issues on the front end, you know, a lot easier mm-hmm. on everybody else on the back end, isn't it? Mm-hmm. What are the, some, of the, some of the things that you do in, in terms of preventive health to try to... Uh, Assist them with obtaining medications for um, high blood pressure, diabetes, mm-hmm. and things like, you know, other mm-hmm. things like that. Also, we provide um, 
free medication that so long as it's covered on our homeless formulary. And the ones that are not covered, I try to help them with obtaining free medications through um, the different uh, pharmaceutical companies. Mm. There's an RX Assist program that we help them sign up for, and they can obtain um, some of their psychiatric meds, um, blood pressure meds, diabetes meds, and such from them. Fabulous, fabulous uh, service there. And we have a wonderful uh, success story uh, on the other side. You know, we were talking earlier about um, meeting, having the wonderful opportunity of meeting Jimmy Durrell. And a, a few of us uh, in the room had the uh, blessing of spending some time with him very recently. And uh, uh, Brandon Heath sings our song this week, and he talks a lot about, and he understands loving others. And uh, the song is called Give Me Your Eyes, and we'll be back right after this. From a broken sky Traced out by the city lights My world from a mile high Best seat in the house tonight Touchdown in the cold black top Hold on for the sudden stop Breathing the familiar shock Of confusion and chaos All those people Going somewhere Why have I never cared? Give me your eyes for just one second Give me your eyes so I can see Everything that I keep missing Give me your love for humanity Give me your arms for the broken hearted The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can see Yeah 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 Step out on a busy street See a girl in our eyes meet Does her best to smile at me To hide what's underneath There's a man just to right Black suit and a bright red tie Too ashamed to tell his wife He's out of work, he's buying time All those people going somewhere Why have I never cared? Give me your eyes for just one second Give me your eyes so I can see Everything that I keep missing Give me your love for humanity Give me your arms for the broken hearted The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can see Yeah 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 Everything that I keep missing Give me your love for humanity Give me your arms for the brokenhearted The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can see Give me your eyes Give me your eyes so I can see Everything that I keep missing 
Brandon Heath, give me your eyes. Isn't that our prayer? You know, we were listening to Voice of the Martyrs earlier, and they quoted the scripture in Hebrews. Remember the prisoners as though in prison with them and those who are ill-treated, since you yourselves are also in the body. And this just, you know, reminds us of why we are at the PACT program in the first place. It's why we have people go to the prisons and visit the prisoners and, and, and minister to them. And Joseph Cabral is with us tonight, a member uh, of the PAC team. Joseph is involved in Celebrate Recovery, and we'll, we'll have him talk about that. But Joseph is also uh, there He's as one who has been there, done that. And, and Joe, thank you for taking the time to be here with us tonight. Thank and you if for you would me. just, yeah, if you would just share your heart and uh, your compassion for the prisoner, if you will, and and uh, share with us about celebrate recovery too, and and just uh, uh, introduce yourself to our listeners, if you would please. Like Elaine said, my name is Joseph Cabral, and I have a blessed opportunity for being here. Um, I participated in PAC because uh, when I first went there, it really stood out. Um, you know, being a Christian, I could feel the love inside there. So I had to find a way of getting back in there and wanting to be a part of it. And as soon as my parole agent said, I don't have a problem with you being there, I was at the next one. So um, being still on parole is kind of it's kind of hard when you get inside there because, you know, it's uh, you see a reflection of yourself when you used to sit in a chair right there. And it gives me a, an opportunity uh, to let them know uh, that you can make it. You know, here I am still on parole letting you know, hey, we have some resources. Uh, we have some outlets. Instead of going back to uh, your neighborhood or uh, your old homeboys or whatever it is, um, there's many resources around these tables that you can go to instead of the old spots. Celebrate Recovery is one of them. Uh, I participate in Celebrate Recovery at Big Valley Grace every Tuesday uh, where we just get together a bunch of broken people and worship uh, Jesus Christ and uh, mm-hmm. find some healing in his word and his love and his grace. And uh, I used to fight with it, you know, mm-hmm. and recovery is a word, man. I'm not addicted and <laughs> fight, 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 and, you know, and uh, I, I enjoy every second being there, you know, and uh, I need recovery as much as anybody who's broken. Celebrate Recovery has a, a an area for everybody. You know, when, when I think recovery, I think of drugs and alcohol. That's something that everybody kind of puts on. Are we all broken? And, yeah. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's so much more, you know, from the smallest thing to the biggest thing. It's recovery about just life in general, you know. Yeah. Well, if you're vertical and you have a pulse, <laughs> you're going through <laughs> yeah. some kind of recovery. Yes. That's right. Uh, just because Amen. of life. Yes. Amen. You know, and, uh, and, and our condition. Um, Joe, can you talk a, a little bit and get, give us a perspective? Uh, because as you came out of prison, I'm sure a lot of stuff were going through your head, and and uh, you probably had a lot of apprehensions. Uh, get, give us a, um, a little taste of what's going on in your mind as you're coming out, and the value of this resource called PAC to you. Uh, after doing you know many years inside uh, Corcoran Shoe, where you. I've sat inside a cell by myself for a couple of years. Um, you get you get used to the same routine over and over. I know when my breakfast is coming. Mm-hmm. I know when lunch is going to be there. I know when they're passing out the mail. I know when I'm going to take my shower. You get so adapted to that, that's the slow lane. Everything is the same thing over and over. Uh, when I got out, it was the fast lane. You know, and mm-hmm. things were flying by. Yeah. I couldn't tell you what time of the day it was. 
you know, it just, it was a blur. When I went to PAC meeting, it slowed down. Hmm. You had a bunch of people come in clear sight and say, hey, I'm here to help you. You know, if you're not sure what's going on, stop by here. If you need resources for child support, health issues, you know, it gave you a chance to say, all right, here's a spot where I need to get some focus on. And it was amazing to see how many people were there when I went there. It was, mm -hmm. uh, as I heard Elaine earlier say, it was, you know, standing room only. Yeah. You know, it was a, a great resource. And, and uh, it was a calling, like uh, like he said earlier. It's something mm -hmm. that just, it's not work. It's something where you have to be at. You know, these guys, uh, maybe when they get out, they think uh, the world's against them. You know, it's uh, it's in the paper a lot about crime this and prison this and it just seems like everything's going to be against you when you get out. And when you walk inside a pack meet and you realize that they're not all against you, mm -hmm. you know, you really have a glimpse of hope right there. Yeah, I, I would imagine, uh, too, that the culture shock is uh, is pretty great. It you know, I think people assume, well, hey, you're out now. Go get a job. You know, not that simple. Is not it? that what, simple What are some of the challenges? Aside from the availability of jobs, yeah. <laughs> what, right. what are some of the challenges in, in trying to get back into that groove? Um, first of all, it's having somebody uh, there to kind of motivate you. Mm. You know, it's really easy to get down. You know, the first time you go out and you think of, you know, I'm in great shape. You know, you're in prison, so you get an opportunity to eat like birds and, and work out all day work long. Out, right. <laughs> so you come out in great shape and you go to a site and they say, hey, uh, sure, we'll take you on. As soon as you say you're a felon, sorry about that, we can't mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it's. Uh, trying to think of maybe the right words one of the things that support really and yes, accountability. support one of the things that was you know great like say during the pack meeting was um john sanders you know another guy that's oh, there yeah. mm -hmm. and uh just to say hey if you need something give yes, me a call yes. and i may know about it you know it's just having the availability and somebody really supporting you and giving you you know a motivation boost because you need that um transportation getting around you know uh, one thing we we talked about before there was a I can't remember who gave it to us at the time. There was somebody passing out a resource list, mm -hmm. you know, some more people there. And it's right. really hard to find a good resource, somebody that will say, hey, I don't care about your history. Here's what I'm going to give you and, and help you out with. Right. You know, so, As so. Wayne Davison said, there's so much compassion in that room, people who truly do care. Everyone there is prayed for. Uh, that makes a, a lot of difference, you know, whether you know that or not or whether people believe in that or not or, or care. Yes, uh, it's powerful. You know that. We had a, that. a guy just the other day give a testimony, and um, he was very emotional. You know, and I get emotional mm -hmm. too. Excuse mm -hmm. my voice cracking up. Yeah, <laughs> 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 he just wanted to know why. Why would somebody uh, dare to love a guy that just got mm -hmm. out of prison? Mm -hmm. yes. And uh, um, like say me being a Christian, you know, we imitate Christ. You know, and it's it's not what you did; it's who you are. You know, I don't love what some of the people do. I love you as an individual. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't focus on what you did. I'm focusing on you. You know, and I see potential. When these guys get out, you know, uh, all I see is potential. Mm. You know, and sometimes uh, that's what they need. You know, they need somebody to see the, the good stuff. And, you know, when John, our other John, John Long, shares, he talks about choice because they do, we all do, but they have a choice, don't they, to make that day. And, and Wayna, when she, she yes. shares like no one else can share. They have choices to make when they leave that room. There's big choices that they need to make, and those choices are so very important. 
You know, I think one of the one of the dynamics here that's really uh, important is you, you've got various parts of the community coming together. Nobody's trying to do it on their own. You know, uh, child support and, and state funding, you know, flowing through there. And then you have, uh, you know, the nonprofit medical world uh, with, with Golden Valley and and uh, Turning Point, yes. you know, with, with the county here. So, I, and I think one of one of the dynamics that we have to appreciate right now is is there's a open window of opportunity for the faith-based community, for government, for private industry, for the nonprofit world to all work together. And uh, I think, you know, some of the um, positives of the economy that we're in is that it has, in some cases, forced government to say, we need to look at additional ways of, of doing what we do. You know, and, and that has fostered some wonderful partnerships. You know, and no one agency can, can do it all. And you mentioned the referrals, uh, Joseph. I, th- I think that is so important. And, and to be able to say, you know what, I, I can't do that for you, but you know, I probably know I probably know somebody uh, somebody who can. Uh, were you affected? <clears throat> I don't know that part of your history. Were you affected by the child support issue when you got out? You know, as I said, when I went to PACME, that was one of the things I received numerous letters when I was in there about child support. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, my daughter turns, as a matter of fact, 11 in just 10 days. and. Yeah. Uh, when I stopped by to ask to sign it, I had went down there to the building and, and, you know, I have no record, you know, I'm done with child support. It's done. Yeah. You know, I was given help on making sure it was all taken care of. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like I say, it's being on parole, you know, and who's ever listening, if you're on parole, PAC works, you know, if, uh, it's not just PAC, it's even outside. Like I say, we're community members coming inside there. Yeah. Uh, it works. And sometimes people think that it doesn't, you know, but that's why I'm there because it does. And yeah, it's, uh. That was one of the things, like I say, I used to worry about, you know, I, I worried about the job, you know, being in debt, you know, and, but I can honestly say that, yeah, I, I went to, I went and had my paper signed by mm. child support is the first thing I did. I love the success story, yeah, yeah, seeing the awesome. people sit in the chair that you used to sit in, and now you're on the other side of the resource tables with the rest of us offering what you have to offer. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing, and Ben Andrew doing the same thing, and countless others as well. You know, we hear about the recidivism rate. We know that some people return, but we have people like yourselves doing what you're doing because it works. One of the things I love, too, is sitting inside there and seeing some of the people that I remember from a long time ago. Yeah. And they're wondering why they're in the middle, and I'm on the outside of the table, and they come stop by and say, hey, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Ben, be curious from your perspective, what are some of the fears, and, and, and Joseph's given us some uh, clues to that, what other fears do you pick up from the people that you're serving as, as they're just trying to make their way through life? And uh, as, as you said, sometimes it's an issue of, man, there's a chemical imbalance. It's nobody's fault. It's just what is. And, you know, until that gets dealt with, it's kind of hard to cope. What, what, are, what are some of the, the fears that you pick up from the people that you're serving? I think one of the biggest fears is um, how do I trust myself? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I used to trust myself when um, I either medicated or acted out, and that didn't work. So now somebody else has come alongside and is going to help me. How do I trust that person, or how do I trust, um, or even how do I trust what I'm feeling, or how do I trust what I'm thinking? Mm. Um, and I think when we come out of prison, um, because I'm a third strike candidate, I'm on parole as well, uh, what they call high control, mm-hmm. and um, I have quite a bit of successes um, that I put together, and they were all based upon how did I receive PAC, 
um, and and how did I do there with um, uh, you know with with the testimony from our our gal that holds up the the purse and says I, I live in here, yes. um, and it still moves me to this day. But right. um, when working with um, our consumer base or our, our people with lived experience, it's it seems to be that the overriding thing is fear is is fear of or fear of how do I make the right choices or how do I express, you know, that this is not feeling well or am I supposed to be feeling this way when, say, they're taking new medications or mm-hmm. in new environments or socialization? Like, am I supposed to be having fun because this doesn't feel like fun or, you know, am I having too much fun? <laughs> <laughs> how, how is this working? <laughs> right. So there's some interesting questions that come up along the way. And I think at Turning Point, the Empowerment Center, uh, we have a unique opportunity to listen to those voices that um, – when we come in at work, one of the first things we do is we sit down with our um, people with lived experience in our socialization room, and we listen. And we listen mm-hmm. for cues. We listen for things that um, a person might be off a little bit, or they're beginning to explore, hey, okay, I'm safe here. Maybe I want to get home, or maybe I want to get a job, or maybe I need a better education. And so having recently graduated from uh, MJC, uh, after doing 30 units in prison, I can say, well, this is how you access the system. You know, this is how you get in as a, as a student. Having served on the mental health board, I have a pretty good feel on what's going on in the community. So when a person says, um, maybe I'm not doing so well on my board and care, or maybe whatever it might happen to be, um, we have the resources available and the knowledge to, to help them with that. Hmm. You know, I think one of the, uh, the themes that you brought up a little while ago um, Ben Andrew Briggs, and and this is really important, I think, Uh, and and that is there are times when medication is necessary, you know, and and so often, unfortunately, uh, in in the Christian community, having, you know, been been part of of, of the structure for for many years, you know, I said, well, man, if you just take two prayers and call me in the morning, you'll be cured. (laughs) And, you know, sometimes there's some, some, you know, the serotonin just isn't doing it, is not there when it needs to be, or it's there when it's not supposed to be. And then the neurons and the synapses just aren't firing right. And you do need some help. And it's just like if your arm's broken, you know, you just don't sit there and pray about it. That's why God gave us medicine, for goodness sakes, you know. So there are times when it's appropriate. There are often times when it's not. You know, but uh, I, I think especially in the in the ministry community, we have to be okay with understanding that uh, sometimes that's necessary in order to be functional Absolutely. And, and, and be able to get on with life. When I first got a hold of this thought, um, or this idea, it, it kind of went like this. And when the atomic bomb was dropped in Japan, um, a lot of people's bodies were um, morphed into concrete or trees or whatnot. And... Um, in that moment, it's kind of like the first time that a person uses a chemical or they're getting too much serotonin or too much, too much dopamine in their system or whatnot, and they have this memory that's just embedded in, into their system, and um, it, it's always going to be there. And so when they have certain stimulus going on, they're going to have that memory. It's always going to be, and, and so when you hear somebody say, oh, I was on a good one. Well, they're referring to that first memory, but they're not referring to the current lifestyle that, mm-hmm. you know, if they're, they're coming out of prison and I'm going to go get on a good one, it's like, I don't know, it's <laughs> probably not going to be a good one because it's not going to, it's going to lead back to where they started from. But it was interesting, um, when I took some classes at MJC and they were talking about the serotonins and the chemicals and it began to make sense. And that's when I started on my own journey was realizing that, hey, maybe it's not a moral issue. And, uh, Joseph, you brought up Celebrate Recovery. And, of course, a uh, wonderful, wonderful ministry that, that, uh, 
started down in, in San Diego at Saddleback, John mm-hmm. Baker. Yes. Uh, um, really was uh, the guy who carried the torch for that, and, and it's been a wonderful resource uh, around the world. Of course, it gets <clears throat> really gets back to the original foundation of the 12-step program, yes. which was a biblical foundation. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, un- unfortunately, over quite a few Several years. decades, <laughs> the you know the the God focus was was diminished, and mm-hmm. you know the reality is. You look at the statistics, you take God out of the recovery program, and not much is going on. Right. Right. During the the time we uh, had heard uh, the testimony I was talking about, the young man wanted to know why. Uh, I live with Marty Lancer, as you know, and he he made the statement that politics are fun. You know, you talk about a lot of stuff and a lot of arguments go on and about this and about that and even about recovery issues and everything else. And that's fun, but nothing ever changes. Mm. You know, it seems like it just everything goes in a circle. Sometimes it's this way, sometimes it's that way, mm. but it's the same thing over and over. And when you put Jesus Christ in a picture, mm. you get automatic change. Absolutely. You know, nothing, nothing is the same. It, it's different. Yeah. And yeah. when you have Celebrate Recovery and you bring the 12 steps inside there and you bring Jesus Christ, there's tremendous change going on. God mm. bless yeah. you guys. We just love you and your testimony and your lives just speak to the fact that Christ is in your lives and central in your recovery. And, and we just, just applaud you, applaud you both for what you're doing in this community and for others. Catherine at the uh, Golden uh, Valley Center, there at the Medical Center, what challenges uh, do you guys face there? And, and what kind of, let's talk about some donations that people can bring in and, and, and maybe speak to some of those kinds of things. Here we have a couple. The time is going by so quickly. Eric, I just keep you guys here the rest of the evening. Some of the challenges that we face are the cutbacks, mm-hmm. and so therefore we're not able to, you know, take care of a lot of the needs that we would like to take care of. Uh-huh. And another challenge that comes to mind is the pa- fact that the patients, some of them, when those cutbacks come into effect, they can't get certain meds, so therefore they don't take those meds because they don't have the accessibility to them and therefore they become ill again mm. and that's what's really mm. heartbreaking and so that's once again where the pharmaceutical companies come in and we try to get the marks assist programs but even there there's cuts so it, it's heartbreaking so i know that uh, ben andrew over at the uh, turning point empowerment center a lot of times they will uh, welcome things like personal hygiene products and yes, things like that. Yes. Now, you guys, do you do the same? Over yes, there? Okay. We, and that's something that we have patients come in on a daily basis asking for okay. hygiene products. And, you know, like right now, we don't have any to offer. Mm. So we drastically really, really, really need those really bad Let's put out some locations for people if they want to uh, just bring them by. Can they do that? They can bring them All by right. to 1136th Street in Modesto on the corner of 6th and L. And um, if I'm not in the office at that time, they can just have one of the staff tell them to put them in my office, and okay. I'll make sure that the patients get them. How about a phone number, uh, Catherine, so people can 209-491-5550, and my cell is 209-596-2235, and I will even come and pick those hygiene products up if you're willing to donate. Terrific. Hey, such a deal, friends. Once again, the number to call, you know, let's help them out. Area code 209-491-5550, 491-5550. 
not 5150. All right. Just <laughs> make, make sure we got that right. The 209 5550 And, uh, you know, just a simple donation. Uh, mm-hmm. And I would imagine, especially, you know, a lot of folks could use the, uh, just the hand sanitizers make yes. a yeah, big yes. difference in their Incredible. lives right now, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, let's uh, l- let's make sure we have some contact points for the rest of the room as well. Turning point. Ben Andrew. Ben, how do, yes. how do people Thank get you. a hold of you? Uh, well, over at the Empowerment Center, our um, trunk line or our main line is uh, 209-544-1913. We have a um, on-site non-crisis peer support, peer support line that has a number of resources that would be available. Not only is there a kind, caring, compassionate person listening there, (laughs) uh, that number is uh, 209-558-4600, and uh, that should be the two numbers that will get you through. There is a a way to access our system that I need to share. In our county, it's uh, Stanislaus County. Call the Medi-Cal Assessment Team at 1-888-376-6246. Or go to the website www.co.stanislaus.co.us and follow it from there. All right. And uh, Joe Cabral, how can people get in touch with uh, Celebrate Recovery? I'm gonna I'm gonna get myself in trouble. <laughs> uh, if somebody comes and they want uh, to experience uh, Celebrate Recovery, um, I will give you a meal ticket for a free meal. We're Ooh. at 4040 Tolly Road. Uh, Modesto, my cell phone number is 596-7466 if somebody wants to call. Uh, we have great barbecues every Tuesday. Get there about 530 to 6. And uh, if you say you heard us on ABC, I'll make sure you get a free meal that night and dessert. We well, love it. Cool. Marissa Sykes Child how Support. How, how can people contact you? Um, we have main phone number is 866-901-3212. And we're also located at 251 East Hackett Road in Modesto. And we have hours. We're open from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Thursday. Thank you all so much for being our special guest. And thank you, dear listeners, for listening. May God continue to bless your lives as you reach out and love your neighbors as you love yourselves.